So that's the first thing I want to get to you. That when trouble comes your way, when problems arise, understand who the author of your problems are. And it isn't God. But here's the second thing I want you to understand. When trouble strikes, you run, you have to run towards God. Because another problem that I see is many people, they deal with issues. They just seclude themselves and they run away from God and they go cry in a corner and they go lose their minds and start freaking out and forget (laughs) that you need to run into this strong tower to be safe. Praise God that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Praise God that he is your protector. Praise God that he is your shield about you. Praise God that he's the glory and the lifter of your head. But you know what you have to do? You got to run to him. You got to run to him. And many people when trouble comes, they don't run to God. They run away from him and they try to deal with the problems in their own strength. They try to deal with it in their own power. Or they don't do anything about it and they just sit there and just let the trouble take them out. And that's what you can't do either. So the second thing you need to do is that you need to run to God. So let's go back to the story of Jehoshaphat. Hmm. Let's go back. Let's go back to Jehoshaphat. And I read verse one to four. So now here they're getting threats of trouble. The armies are coming against them, ready to take them out. People are afraid. But watch what Jehoshaphat does. Verse five. Watch what happens. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. O God, watch how he's praying. Did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said whenever we're faced with calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and rescue us. Stop right there. Let me show you something. When trouble and calamity came, his people had the ability to run to his temple, run to his presence, cry out to him, and they had an assurance that he would hear them and save them. The Bible said many are the afflictions of the righteous, and many people stop there. It doesn't stop there. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. That's what happens. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Okay, trouble's going to come against you as a righteous person. The enemy may try to throw stuff your way as a righteous person, but you can be assured that God will deliver a righteous man out of all his trouble. You can be assured that God has a way of deliverance for you. God has a way of escape for you to get out of all your problems, get out of all everything that the enemy is trying to throw against you. So they have this assurance, verse 9, that we can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and rescue us. Verse 10, 
Now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us. For they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. O our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We don't know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Watch what Jehoshaphat did. When the problem came, when problems arise, when these armies got ready to come against him and take him out, he ran straight to the Lord and began to seek the Lord for help. And he said in verse 12, he said, we don't know what to do, but we're looking to you for help. They was looking to God for help. So he ran to God. And now watch what God does when he runs to him. Go down to verse 20. So God ends up giving them a command and showing them what to do. And verse 20, watch what happens. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you'll be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you'll succeed. After consulting the people, verse 21, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord, his faithful love endures forever. At that very moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And after they had destroyed the army of Mount Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. Verse 25, Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. And on the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which God is named that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing to this day. So do you see that? Do you see what happened in that story? Jehoshaphat ran to the Lord and sought the Lord because he knew God could save him from his trouble. And God ends up giving him a command. And the next day, they march out, and they're marching to battle, and they sent the praisers first, and they're singing praise to God, and they're giving glory to God as they're marching to battle. As they start doing that, little do they know that the enemy is up on the mountain, they got haunted, and they started fighting each other. The enemy started fighting each other and taking each other out. And once they took out one army, they turned against each other until they was all dead. And by the time Jehoshaphat and his army got to the place of battle, they just saw dead bodies lying around. That's all they saw. They saw dead bodies lying around. And all they had to do was go into the battle and collect the plunder and collect all the goods and all the spoils. That's what happens. Jehoshaphat could have literally turned around and been like, oh, my God, all these enemies are coming against me. What am I going to do? You know, I don't know. And they would have lost the battle and they would have got destroyed and defeated. 
because it was a mighty army. It was a vast army that was coming against them. But he didn't do that. When trouble struck, he didn't lose his mind. He didn't turn around and blame God. He knew God wasn't the author of that. And he ran to God to receive help. He ran to God to receive help. That's what he did. And that's what you have to do. When you come against a problem, when the enemy tries to come against you and throw something your way, you don't freak out. You don't lose your mind. You run straight to the one who can help you. You run straight to the person that can give you the solution to your problem. I want to read you another story. Watch what happens. This is another story, and I love this story. Go to the book of 2 Kings. Read you another passage of this. 2 Kings, chapter 19. So now we end up in the kingdom of Judah. And Hezekiah is king. So now, they come against a problem because their enemy army of Assyria is getting ready to invade them. And the king, Sennacherib, was threatening Hezekiah and was threatening Hezekiah's God. And it scared people. But watch what Hezekiah did when this happened. Verse 9, 2 Kings 19, verse 9. Soon afterwards, King Sennacherib received word that the king of Ethiopia was leading an army to fight against him. Before leaving to meet the attack, he sent messengers back to Hezekiah in Jerusalem with this message. This message is for King Hezekiah of Judah. Don't let your God in whom you trust deceive you. Watch this. Watch what this man is saying. Don't let your God in whom you trust deceive you with promises that Jerusalem will not be captured by the king of Assyria. You know perfectly well what the kings of Assyria have done wherever they've gone. They've completely destroyed everyone who stood in their way. Why should you be any different? Watch this man. Have the gods of other nations, verse 12, rescued them, such as Gozin, Haran, Rezef, and the people of Eden, who were in Telassar? <laughs> My predecessors destroyed them all. What happened to the king of Hamath, when, or the king of Arpad? What happened to the kings of Sepharvim, Hena, and Iva? I probably destroyed those names, but hey, I was born in the... 20th century so forgive me for that verse 14 after hezekiah received letter from the messengers that read it he went up watch this to the lord's temple and spread it out before the lord pause so here comes the here comes Zennacherib, making up all this noise and making up all these threats and telling of all the times that other kings called on their gods and they weren't saved. He's kind of putting the God of Israel and the God of Judah on the same level as all these other fake gods. And he's saying, well, this person's God didn't save them. That king's God didn't save them. And my predecessors are so powerful. We took them and destroyed them. And they was calling on their gods. And they thought that they were going to win, but they didn't. So what makes you think that you're going to be any different? What this man didn't know was that all those other gods were idols. But Hezekiah's God held more power than Assyria. Hezekiah's God held more power than Sennacherib. So, Hezekiah hears this. He's troubled. And when he gets his letter and when he reads his letter, 
The Bible says in verse 14 that when he got it, he went to the temple and spread it out before the Lord. He literally walked into the temple with that letter and put it before the Lord. And watch what he does. Hezekiah ran to the Lord. He didn't take that letter and start freaking out and say, oh my God, you know, this man is coming against me and he's defeated many people. I don't know if we're going to win. And there's a great army coming against us and Assyria has won all these victories. I don't know. No, no. He took that letter when he heard it and went straight to the temple of the Lord with it. And watch what happens. Verse 15. Hezekiah prayed this prayer before the Lord. Oh Lord God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Bend down, O Lord, and listen. I love this. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to Sennacherib's words of defiance against the living God. It is true, Lord, that the kings of Assyria have destroyed all these nations, and they have thrown the gods of these nations into the fire and burned them. But of course the Assyrians could destroy them. They were not gods at all. Only idols of wood and stone shaped by human hands. Now, verse 19, O Lord our God, rescue us from his power. Then all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you alone are God. Watch that. He said in verse 19, he said, rescue us from his power. Then all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you alone are God. So Hezekiah is praying and he's calling on the Lord and he says, well, he's breathing out all these threats and they did gain victory over all these other armies. They gained victory before, but of course they did because the gods that these people served weren't even real. But the God I serve is actually real and he holds all power. So I'm going to need you right now to stretch out your hand and show this man that you alone are God. <laughs> that's what he did he cried out to God so watch go down to verse 35 in between that between verse 19 and 35 I won't read it for the sake of time but Isaiah the prophet he comes to Hezekiah and he prophesies that Zennacherib is going to fall and that he's going to be defeated so verse 35 watch what happens now after Isaiah prophesies this that night the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp. The Assyrians were getting ready to attack Judah. And the angel of the Lord that night went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. When the surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere. Then King Zennacherib of Assyria broke camp and returned to his own land. He went home to his capital of Nineveh and stayed there. And if you read a little bit further, Sennacherib ended up getting killed too. A couple of verses later. That's what happened when trouble struck Hezekiah. And what you need to take from this story is when trouble hit him, when trouble against, came against him, when an impossible situation came against him, he didn't end up running away and crying. He didn't end up losing his mind. He didn't fall into fear and let it take him over. But he ran straight to the Lord. He ran straight to the temple of the Lord and began to call on God. God didn't just come through for these people just out of nowhere. He didn't just come through for these people randomly. 
But when they began to call on him, when they began to cry out to him, he set them free and rescued them from everything that was troubling them. He rescued them from all their destructions. And the angel of the Lord went out and destroyed that army. And they woke up the next morning and they was like, what happened? <laughs> they didn't even know what happened. Just overnight, the angel of the Lord came and struck 185,000 of the soldiers dead. That's what happened. And that's what you need to take from this today. That anytime the enemy comes against you from this day forward, when the enemy tries to attack you, when he tries to throw stuff your way, you understand that the author of your trouble is not the devil. The author of your trouble or the author of the trouble is not God, but it's the enemy. And now that you know that God is the one with the solution and he's the one that holds your victory in hand, you run straight to him. And he will fight the battle for you and he'll show you what to do to gain the victory. He will show you how to emerge victorious. It doesn't matter what comes your way. It doesn't matter what comes against you. It doesn't matter what the enemy tries to throw against you. God holds the power. He holds all power in his hand. You know, we say this all the time. You know, God holds all power in his hand. He's all powerful. He's all victorious. But actually get a revelation of that in your spirit today. That he holds all power in his hand and you're connected to him. So the enemy can breathe out all the threats he wants. He can throw whatever he wants at you. But once I run to God and because I'm on his side, he's going to come through for me. Say that to yourself right now. The Lord is going to come through for me. He already has come through for me. You don't even have to say he's going to come through. He already has come through for me. And all I need to do is get into his presence. All I need to do is run to him and I will receive the victory. Amen. All I need to do is get in his presence and I will leave out of there victorious. I won't leave out of there still dealing with problems. I won't leave out of there still having issues. But once I run to God and once I understand he is the solution, I will come out of there victorious. There is no way for me to be defeated. I'm not allowed to be defeated because I'm connected to somebody who holds all power in his hand. That's what you need to say to yourself today. If you've been dealing with something, you've been dealing with problems, the enemy has come against you and tried to attack you and he's trying to convince you that it's God. So you just have to take it. It's not God. Even when people talk about Job, well, what about Job? You know, because when you start talking like this and you start teaching like this, people automatically bring up Job. Well, first of all, the Bible tells you clearly that it was the enemy that brought that down on Job. The Bible tells you clearly that the enemy, the Bible says, that Satan went forth from the presence of God and smote Job with boils. It was God that was protecting Job. And the enemy had to go to God and ask God to go take down the hedge of protection before he could touch it. The Bible doesn't tell you anywhere that God put those troubles on Job. It was the enemy. But Job didn't know that beforehand. That's why Job ascribed all of that to God. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Shall we only accept the good that comes from God and not the evil? God wasn't doing that. It was the enemy. And I'm not going to get into a whole teaching of Job. I've talked about it before. But it was under a different covenant too. Job didn't have power over the devil. He didn't have authority over the enemy. So that can't be able to happen today because we have authority over the power of the enemy. 
And God is not out here just dropping hedges, letting the enemy attack us because we have authority over him. So when he tries to come against us and try to attack us, it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work. It does not work. We're under a whole completely different covenant. We're righteous. Our sins are washed away. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Job didn't have that at the time. But now we have that, so the enemy is not able to operate like that anymore. He's unable to operate like that. So I want you to understand that today. That when the enemy tries to come against you, from this point forward, don't put up with it, don't make room for it, and definitely don't, don't say it was God, don't ascribe it to God, and give it place to stay in your life. But come hard against that. Come hard against those issues. Come hard against that attack. And run to the presence of the Lord and receive help and receive the answer to your problems. Whether it be sickness or disease or calamity or trouble in the home, receive your answer from God today in the name of Jesus. Wherever you are right now, whatever you may be dealing with right now, receive the answer to your problem today in the name of Jesus. Receive the solution to your problem today. In Jesus' name. The enemy is not allowed to just run rampant in your home. He's not allowed to come into your house and start tearing up the whole place. He's not allowed to do that. So don't give him that ability to do that. But when he tries to come into your house, run him out and lock the door on him. Run him out and lock the door on him. And if he tries to come in, you kick that man out. Kick him out. And make him fear coming to your house again. Make him not want to come back to your house again. Mm. Next time he thinks about coming to your house, let him get a cold shiver down his spine. And make him be like, okay, you know, no, I ain't going to that house because I'm going to get regulated if I go there. That, yeah, that's what needs to happen. Let him fear your house to the point where he's like, all right, can't touch that. He's protected. Can't touch that. She got somebody on it, on, on her side. Can't touch that because I'm about to get beat up. You got the angel of the Lord on his side. So if I try to come against that house, I'm going to get my head kicked in once again. And already was kicked in 2,000 years ago. I don't need that happening to me again. Let him fear. And people, people are like, oh, that can't happen. That, yes, that can happen. That can happen. <laughs> because you're in a different place than the enemy. You hold way more power than the enemy. So from this day forward, receive the answer to your problem in Jesus' name. Receive the solution to your problems in Jesus' name. And when trouble strikes, you will not make room for it. You will not make a place for it. But you will emerge victorious every single time in Jesus' name. But here's the last thing I want to let you know. That not everybody has access to that. You can't just run to God just like that when trouble strikes. And then just receive answers to your problem and receive the victory. It doesn't work like that. You have to be connected to him first. The Bible says, who can ascend unto the mountain of the Lord? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. That's what the Bible tells you. It's only he that has clean hands and a pure heart that can ascend unto the hill of the Lord. So you need to become a person first and foremost that has clean hands and a purified heart. Because until you get that in check. 
you are just an open target for the enemy. And you have no solution. When the enemy comes against you and he tries to attack you, you're on your own. But thank God that Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, provided a way for you to emerge victorious every time. For you to live in a continuous life of victory. I was quoted all the time, but the Bible says, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in his name. That's not just for everybody, but that is for people who are connected to God. That is for the righteous man or woman. And today I want you to become righteous so that you can access this help. So that you can access this help when you need it. So that when the enemy tries to come against you, when trouble tries to come your way, you're not on your own. But you can access that help. So if you came on this podcast today, you stumbled across this video. And you're not right with the Lord. And you need to make things right with the Lord. I want you to pray with me right now. This may be your first time. You don't know how to pray. But I want, I'm going to lead you. And I'm going to help you pray today. And if you confess your sins. The Bible lets you know. If you confess your sins to God. And you repent of your sins. And you confess Jesus Christ to be Lord. You'll be saved. If you believe that in your heart. And then you confess that. You will be saved. So I want you to make that decision today and make that confession today and turn your heart to God and watch all the great things that he'll do for you from this point forward. Pray this prayer after me and pray it sincerely from your heart and God will hear you when you pray. If you need to make that right with the Lord today, pray Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to sacrifice his life for my sin. I believe that he died and was raised back to life for me. So I ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Now I receive the power to live holy until you return. I'm no longer a sinner, but I'm a child of God. And I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you just prayed that prayer with me and you responded to the Holy Spirit's call to be saved, maybe for the first time or you're recommitting your life to him, I want to help you begin to walk this path out. You don't have to do the load. There's a page on my website called I'm Saved Now What? And I want you to go there through the link in the description and go there and fill out the form on that page. And I want to send you a little free gift to help you begin to walk out this path of holiness. Because when you get saved, you can get to the point where you're like, okay, I turned away from sin, now what do I do next? We don't wanna leave you hanging, but we wanna help you begin to grow in Christ. So go to that page, fill that form out, it'll send to me, send your prayer request, we'll begin to pray for you every day, and I'll send you something personally that will help you begin to walk this thing out. Go ahead and do it. God bless you. Thank you for making the best decision of your life. Welcome to the family of God. What's up, everybody? It's Marlon Benjamin, and I want to challenge you to consider becoming a partner with this ministry today. You know, our partners commit to praying for us continuously, and they connect their finances to this ministry on a monthly basis. You know, God has allowed us to preach some powerful services over this past year, and we have seen God demonstrate his power in mighty ways, and we have seen people get saved and come into the kingdom of God. We've also been able to expand the reach of the gospel through youtube the podcast and i'm saved now what 
which helps us connect to those who are being saved through our online ministry and get them on the path of righteousness and help them begin their walk with Christ. We last year, we just connected ourselves and became partners with Lester Sumrall's Feed the Hungry. And we are providing meals to those who are in need on a monthly basis. So I want you to consider, prayerfully consider, becoming a partner of this ministry today. You can click the link in the description or go to marlinbenjamin.net, hit the Give Now page, and go to the partnership page. And you can see what we're doing and become a partner today. Thank you so much and God bless you.